Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Beth Connect miller about increasing leaders' energy and capacity to deal with difficult times. Beth Armconnect Miller, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Well, thank you, John. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, I have been too. Uh, you have a really interesting background, and uh, we'll get a chance to know you a little bit more here in just a moment. Uh, I think today we're going to have an opportunity to explore what is really relevant and important during this time of pandemic, uh, increasing your leadership energy and capacity during difficult times. Uh, I know that's something you do a lot of work uh, with around that topic, and I look forward to hearing your insights. Uh, as we get started, I just wanted to share uh, Beth's bio with everybody. Beth Armconnect Miller is CEO of Executive Velocity, a talent, a top talent and leadership development advisory firm. Beth is a trusted executive consultant, um, Vistage Chair Emeritus, and committed volunteer. She is certified in Myers-Briggs, Hogan, and Business DNA, and she's a certified managerial coach by Kennesaw University. Beth's insight and expertise have made her a sought-after speaker on hiring, leadership development, and succession planning. Uh, her book, Are You Talent Obsessed, was published in 2014 and is available on Amazon. She's a frequent contributor to Entrepreneur Online, About.com, Talent Culture, to name a few. She's a graduate of Babson College and Harvard Business School OPM program. And to learn more about her, just go to www.executivevelocity.com. Uh, and I'll include that link in the show notes. Um, so Beth, it's, it's a real pleasure to have a chance to talk with you today. Before we really launch in, anything else you want to share uh, by way of just kind of personal background or context? Uh just that I've, I have had a varied background. Um, the, the work that I'm doing today, I've been doing for about 15 years now. Uh, prior to that, I and my husband ran a consulting practice, technology consulting practice for about 10 years. Made Inc. 500, um, grew very rapidly, and then sold back in 2002. Um, and prior to that, worked um, for a Fortune 500 company in finance and sales, so I've, I have um, kind of found my way into talent management and, and um, human capital back 15 years ago when I, when I joined Vistage as a um, chair. Now, Vistage is a CEO membership organization for small to mid-sized companies. And um, since that time, I, I have really um, just involved myself so much in leadership, and talent and the fact that um, without those um, companies 
aren't successful. So um, that's, that is my mission now is to um, help companies build their leadership pipelines. Well, I love that. And that's so important. Uh, I think we get so caught up in the busy day-to-day -day just grind of business and leadership that we often forget about some of those long-term things that we need to be focusing on and something like a leadership pipeline and succession planning and career development and those sorts of things. They're so important, but a lot of times they kind of fall down the priority list because they're not as well, they are urgent, but they're not like a crisis, <laughs> you know, where you just like have to do it today or you're not going to make payroll or something. Right. And so, so a lot of times they just get set aside uh, and even the best intended leaders don't, have the time or put or or uh, prioritize the time to put due energy towards those types of initiatives uh, so it's important work that you're doing um, and actually that that feeds into really what we're going to be discussing today you know leaders finding the energy and capacity to do these types of things to lead during uh, particularly during difficult times because you know it, it's it's hard enough when things are going well um, and you're just, you know, trying to keep things running smoothly and taking care of your people and you know, doing everything that a leader, a uh, manager, a supervisor needs to do. Uh, and, and they're just super busy. They have all these pressures, but even in good times. So then you start to pile on that, you know, in terms of like COVID situation, you're trying to figure out how, to, how do we work remotely? How do we keep our customers safe and our employees safe? Um, you know, how do we help our employees who are working virtually and have to take care of kids at home who are doing homeschool, um, or, you know, and the list goes on and on and on, all these things that all of a sudden people didn't need to think about, you know, seven months ago, um, but it's exactly. up, upturned everyone's world. Yeah. Um, so given, you know, the, the difficulties, what, what are some suggestions that you have in terms of that, that uh, energy, you know, the enha enhancing your energy and capacity, because we do all have bandwidth limits. Yes, we do. And one of the things that I've noticed uh, with leaders over the last six months is that um, initially when we, when we came into COVID, you know, there was, there was just a lot of unknowns, right? You were trying to get people um, into their homes and working efficiently. So there was that probably month there when, when things were really crazy. Then, then the leaders um, during that time um, were also realizing that, you know, employees were dealing with all sorts of different challenges, depending on their personal situation, whether it be single person who was alone with, with no, nobody around them um, to uh, a, a mom who was working and also having to, to homeschool two or three kids um, or individuals that had um, elderly parents that were, were living with them. So there was, there was a heightened awareness uh, around COVID. Uh, and through that, leaders were, were leading by relationship first versus results. They, they really were engaged in understanding their employees' wellness and, you know, how they were dealing with things, the, the good ones were. And, um, and they've continued that. But as they've continued that, their energy level has be become really depleted because they're giving so much 
um, but they're, they're not spending time for themselves to re-energize. Uh, one of the things that I recommend, especially at this point in time, is that um, don't, and I work with a lot of small to mid-sized companies, so we're not talking corp huge corporations here. So my recommendation, first of all, is to um, enlist the help of your employees. You, if you've hired great people, they've got some great ideas. And, um, and don't take it all on your shoulders. So, so that would be the first thing I would recommend. Um, the, the second is, is that um, as people come to you with, with problems, um, decisions that need to be made, enlist your, your coaching capabilities and coach in the moment, meaning ask that individual questions that will help them come to their own solution versus again, taking on the problem yourself, take the moment and help develop them so that they're better prepared to, to solve that problem in the future. So that, those would be two techniques. Then, then it's about yourself and your energy. And, and this is where every individual is different and you need to figure out what is going to work for you. But the first thing you need to do is you need to set aside some time for you, whether it be first thing in the morning, um, you know, the lunch break later in the evening, you need to set some time aside that is, is just for you. It's blocked out. Nobody's and it, it could be only, you know, 30 minutes, but those 30 minutes are spent re-energizing and re-energizing in a way that works for you. So, you know, those things could be, you know, exercise, uh, walking, you know, meditating. It could be, you know, reading a good fictional book. Uh, it could, it, it's what works for you. And if you don't know what works for you, just try different, different things until you find that thing that helps re-energize you. So for instance, for me, um, I hadn't been exercising in a, in a long time. My, my club had, had um, gone under five years ago. I tried a number of clubs and it never, I never found the right thing. Well, COVID kind of put me in the place of, hey, I really need to focus on finding the right thing. And, and I found Pilates. So that is what works for me. Um, the other thing I found, and you've probably heard of, of um, the sourdough bread makers out there. Well, I have become a sourdough bread maker. <laughs> I was never a baker, ever. That was my mom's thing. I'm, I'm a cook, but I'm not a baker. And it has, it's helped me to slow down. Because sourdough bread, you can't do it in two hours. It takes, it's like a 24-hour process. And it's really helped me to slow down. And um, I often say it's taught me to become more patient. <laughs> so, so again, it's, it's experimenting and, and figuring out, you know, what works for you. You know, and, and self-reflect. As you try something, 
you really need to self-reflect and say, hey, how did I feel about that? What, what did I like about that? What didn't I like about it? What, um, how much energy do I have in repeating that process tomorrow? I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. So all of those kind of self-reflection is is very helpful in that kind of process of figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, those are all great thoughts, great tips. And, you know, as, as you were talking, it, it reminded me of, you know, some of the things that, that perhaps I need to work on um, in, in my own daily practice. Uh, but recognizing that just like leaders have been expending a lot of emotional energy towards their people, or as you said, the good leaders have been, right? Yes. Putting relationships first uh, because of all these difficulties, but those same difficulties are impacting leaders as well. Yes. <laughs> um, and so they're, they're, they're in a way pulling double duty, right? Where they're trying to provide all this compassion and empathy and relationships first, people first orientation during this time of crisis, but not necess- but still having lots of pressure on themselves um, and, and trying to do it all. So, so that's wearing, it's not sustainable to do that on an ongoing basis if you're not doing the self-care and engaged in the self-care. And it's definitely not sustainable if you aren't fostering uh, a culture within your, your team where people do learn how to be resilient and respond to their own crises. Right. Um, so they can come to you for guidance. They can come to you for help. But if you, if you set the example in terms of coaching and mentoring, for them so that they can learn the process of addressing their own situation and finding solutions to their own challenges, then that takes a little bit of upfront investment to do that. Um, But, but it it will pay huge dividends down the road because you're going to free up a lot of your time because you just won't have people that need as much direct attention from you constantly. Exactly. Um, So, so, so I think that's really important. And as you were talking about, the self-care component, um, you know, again, with, with people just 
running themselves ragged trying to take care of everything, um, it really doesn't take a lot of time. It, it can be small little five, 10 minute chunks of time um, or a half hour or, or whatever, um, but just finding those opportunities to quiet your mind, to, to calm, to deep breathe, to meditate, to, to get a little bit of exercise in, to go walk. Uh, anyone who's li who listens consistently to the podcast knows that I love my dogs and that I walk my dogs daily. So that's like one of my main things, you know, I, I get 30 to 45 minutes daily of just, um, you know, I love my family, but having a moment <laughs> to, to, to be by myself with the dogs yeah. out in, in beautiful scenery in the mm -hmm. fresh air. And I can just kind of reset my mind, <laughs> right. I, I, you know, and, and, that does wonders for me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I definitely notice it the days that I don't get to it. Um, yeah. and so, so I'm, I'm pretty darn religious when it comes to walking my dogs, um, <laughs> be, you know, in part because I love my dogs, but, but it's also selfish. Like I know I need to do that, um, in order for my own mental and physical well being, And, and so in that sense, it's not actually selfish, right? Because if I'm, if I'm putting myself if, if I'm taking care of my needs, that means I'm going to be in a better position to take care of my family, to take care of my employees um, and other people that might rely on me. I think you bring up a really good point in that um, people get confused with being selfish and, and then the idea of taking care of yourself. Those are, those are two different things. And you really do need to be taking care of yourself first so that you can then take care of others. It's, it's the old adage of put, put your oxygen mask on first and then help others put theirs on. It's, just, it's the same thing here. Take care of yourself first so that yeah. you, can, you have the energy to take care of others. And, and, and I have to admit, it's, it's something I, I struggle with too. Um, I, we were talking in the pre-interview just as we're you know, getting to know each other a little bit. You know, I have six kids. I, you know, we're, we're, doing online school at home while my wife and I are working from home. That's a lot to balance. And, and I have to admit, like, I, I struggle sometimes thinking, okay, I'm going to take time away from everyone to go out, you know, and walk the dogs or go get some exercise or go shoot some hoops or, you know, whatever. Uh, if those choices mean that I'm also stepping away, you know, from a hectic home for a short amount of time. Right. And now, my wife understands that it's in everyone's best interest <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if I have those opportunities, and I encourage her to take those opportunities as well. And so we have, we have each other's back, um, but, but I get it. Like it's, it, can, it can be hard to, to not feel like you're being selfish or to not feel like you're letting people down when, yeah. when there's lots of people relying on you, uh, yeah. but, but, but you'll burn out, and yeah. eventually eventually you're you're not going to be good for yourself or for anyone else around you if you're if your anxiety levels and stress levels are just so high that you just can't cope or deal with what's right. going on exactly you you bring up uh stress levels and and stressors and uh one of the things that um, I'll often talk to leaders about is you know what are your triggers what what triggers you if you can understand those triggers, especially now that you're at a distance, because oftentimes a trigger is, is a person, some, some sort of conflict that you have. Well, that person doesn't have the opportunity to just walk into your office right now. It's, 
there's, there's a planned event. So understand before you go into that conversation, meeting with that person, you know, how can you change your mental headset um, as it relates to that relationship versus getting triggered when you're in it? So prepare for those kinds of events. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. And it, it raises an important issue uh, around the virtual workforce that we also just need to be really careful with is not only absolutely we can and should prepare uh, emotionally, psychologically <laughs> for, for those types of encounters, those types of meetings, um, but we also, both for ourselves as leaders, but as well as for our teams, we need to recognize that we don't have those organic opportunities um, anymore, right. you know, in the virtual yeah. space to just kind of bump into each other and, and have those little touch points where you have a chance to, you know, to see how someone's doing, to provide a little bit of, you know, support, um, a right. word of encouragement, whatever. You have to be a little bit more direct and purposeful in, in those communications to make sure that they're still happening. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've found as I reach out to people on my team that it, it, is, it is reinvigorating for me to just, you know, take a moment, shoot off an email. It doesn't need to be a Zoom call. You don't always have to meet <laughs> over video, but just take a few minutes, shoot off an email of appreciation, uh, a sincere, genuine uh, message, and, and they appreciate it. And then they send something nice back and it, you just make each other feel good. Um, and, and so those, taking those types of opportunities, I think are important. And I, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, in the idea of never suppressing a kind thought. So, you know, if, if, if you're just going about your day and you have something pop into your head and you're like, Hey, you know, they did a great job on this, or I I'm, I'm sure appreciative of them for this, or, you know, this has helped me out in some way, you know, take three minutes out of your day to just let them know. And I think that's definitely good for them, but it's, it's good for, I found it's good for me and my own mental well being uh, and just feeling you know, purpose and meaning in my work and feeling energized. You know, um, there, I heard a um, technique recently called the virtual knock, which uh, basically is, is similar to what you talk about as it relates to an email, but this is actually a phone call. So the, the team had um, created uh, some norms, some new norms based on the new reality. And one of them was if, if you see a call coming in from one of your teammates, if you're not busy, you should pick up the call. And, and that's the virtual knock, that you can pick up the phone and, and anticipate nine times out of 10, the person's gonna answer the phone. And, and it's, more, it's even more personal than the email where you can, you can have a conversation with them and praise them, um, about some some specific thing that they just recently did. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's that's another great idea. And then just things like it, you can have those kind of impromptu moments, but even just having structured, regular one-on-one -on -one check ins. Yes. You know, and it doesn't need to be long. Like they can be five, ten minutes. Right. <laughs> um, you don't need to schedule an hour or even a half hour. They can just be short and sweet. Um, yeah. But but uh, having those opportunities, I think it's, it's energizing and reinvigorating re for me. Um, I, I, think, I think that would be uh, for a lot of leaders. Um, and, and really, again, I think 
everything that we've been discussing today just comes back to recognizing that, you know, the recognition that we all have our limits, uh, despite our best intentions, despite, uh, despite, you know, whatever we feel like our capacity or energy level is, we will at some point, unless we um, reinvest in ourselves and, and practice self-care, we will exhaust our emotional um, bank account. You know, we, it, exactly. we, we will run out and mm -hmm. we won't be able um, to, to do what we need to do uh, until, until we are forced to recharge. And right. so a lot of times when people kind of push and push and push and they don't ever do the recharging, eventually their bodies will tell them it's time, you know, and, yeah. and they'll, they'll literally, you know, shut down for a while. And, mm -hmm. and in, in, at those times, you're not capable of helping people the way that you would want to help them. So taking those small chunks of time consistently, regularly throughout the day, each and every week, um, then we're, we're ensuring a sustainable capacity uh, for our people, for our organization, uh, for ourselves. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, three more. Yeah. Well, wonderful. And it's been a, a great conversation today, Beth. Um, we're running short on time, but before we close, I wanted to make sure I gave you the last word and give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you're you're doing. Well, I think that the the last word would be, you know, schedule some time for yourself and start um, exploring what that time means to you and what's going to work for you and, and self-reflect. Um, as it relates to getting a hold of me, they can, your listeners can find me at um, executive-velocity.com. And I have a plethora of, of resources out there that are, are free. So just hit the resource button and you'll, you'll see all the resources there. Um, I also have my book, which is uh, Are You Talent Obsessed? And that's available on Amazon. I'm in the process of writing a new book called, um, well, I, I don't have a title yet, but it's going to be about succession planning for small to mid-sized companies. And I hope to have that out the first half of, of next year. I can also be reached on LinkedIn, and that um, would be my full, full name, Beth Armconnect Miller. Excellent. And I'll include your LinkedIn um profile in the show notes. I, I really encourage listeners to reach out to Beth, get connected, check out her book, um, find out more about what she can do for you. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, Beth, um, having this conversation today. I hope everyone will practice self-care, um, pay attention to your needs as well as the needs of your people. And I think through doing that, we're also modeling and demonstrating for our people how they can do the same for their people. Because, you know, depending on where you're at in the organization, you know, there, you may, if you're multiple levels up, that means you need to make sure that your people are also taking care of themselves so that they can be the best for their people also. Um, exactly. I hope we can all do that. And, and as always, I hope uh, everyone can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day that we can be ha uh, healthy and happy. And I hope everyone has a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, 
leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.